Welcome to a place where God's people are enlightened and empowered through the ministry of the Spirit and strategic communication of God's words for kingdom dominion. We are a people committed to establishing kingdom civilization in our various sphere of influence. Welcome to Build. two major things that I intend to do today. First is like I said last week to help this on that here. Like I said last week to help us learn how to practice the presence of God. But I, I don't think I have time for that. Probably next week when I'm teaching. I'll do that. So let's have our seats. And um, we're about to start I don't know where everybody's team member is. So, I'm just going to give a preamble and then I'm going to get into the presentation. Can we shut down that? Galatians chapter 5, verse 10. Galatians chapter 5, verse 10. Let's read that scripture. And then we get to our presentation. The Bible says, and has made us unto our God. It's a popular scripture. And has made us unto our God. has made us unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Um, the word reign there is, he explains control, influence over the earth. And the Bible is saying that God has made us kings and priests, and it is that dual um, duality us be able to have control over the earth. So, we are beginning um, this and we are delving into fully studying the church and world influence based on our curriculum. And I think I thought the in the last two weeks ago, last two weeks ago, where we passed the mic around to find out our idea about influence. And how early should Christians have influence? How early is too early? How late is too late? Now, I believe that, I just want to share, and then I'll wait for the presentation, and I'll round up the time here. I'll teach this one. So, um, I've been studying. And in my studies, I've found out that if God, God has to help us, let me put it like that, that God has to help us to ensure that we are able to have world influence as early as possible because there is a lot that is being decided as far as the destiny of 
everyone that is on earth is concerned. And I'm finding out that there are young people from age 21 thereabout that are already voices to the young ones in our generation. So I'm 23, yeah, and so whatever I'm going to say now, it will meet some people. I'm sorry if the person is a pastor that you love, you love me so much, and that you don't care. I just feel like the same cycle is about to be repeated, where the voices that will control that generation are already controlling that generation. Then a few years time or a couple of years time and begin to shout and it's like noise what we're saying is not really affecting anybody what we're saying is not reaching anybody did you did you have you heard okay let me mention there are three major um aspects of our life that are being discussed amidst young people presently um the first being the idea of family life and relationships that is a very big debate presently. Um, another debate presently is the idea of feminism. Um, the third debate presently is that I know of is the um, I don't know if I should call it transgender or a complete overhaul of the human kind because um, before we would have just transgender, somebody wants to become a she and she wants to become and all of that, it was it was quite simple. But now there are already people like one person that is they. Do you understand? So like um, there are pronouns that are being assigned to people now, and people are saying, "I can decide where do we decide that I must be a man or be a woman? I can be both, yeah, at the same time." So I am they. There's some other people are saying that I am say. Like Z. No, not Z, not the portable Z. That, that one, that guy doesn't know what to do. So, um, I'm talking about Z. Like, that's my own pronoun. So, it means I can say, if you want to refer to me as he, it's an insult. So, you have to refer to me as me. Uh, yes, like people are developing those things, yeah? And because of the idea of the fact that some people are marginalized, um, so they are now saying, let's stop marginalizing them, let's give them space to express themselves. This is the confusion of humankind. So everybody is already calling himself anything. And I remember listening to Ben Capiro, and he, it was, he himself was confused. So it was like, so if I call myself, yeah, <laughs> that's the way he said it, I remember where. So if I call myself, yeah, everybody must say, uh, I called, yeah, not I called him, right? Not I called her, I called, yeah. So if you do not say I call me, yeah, I can I can jail you for it. Okay, so there is this man in Canada that went to meet his child at home, um, in school. So he knew he gave birth to a girl. So he went to meet the child in school and he was like, oh, they are saying a lot of things about this child. I think probably from one of the report cards or something. So he went to school and then he was like, ah, sorry, I want to check about my daughter. And then they were like, no, you can't mention that she's a daughter because she's no more a lady. She's already a man. So she's like, like, I can't, you can't say daughter. Like, no, 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 no. And maybe you are confused, right? I gave birth to a lady. Like, I gave birth to a young girl. And they were like, no, you can't mention that sister. And it was, I said, 
did you burn the child? Did you burn the child for me? I burned the bomb myself. So I gave birth to a lady or a young girl. It was a small girl in school. And while this man was arguing that the school took him up, and I think he's going to serve a jail time of how many six months. Because yeah, because now they go to schools and there's a propaganda, yeah. So they would say that these people are still in primary school, three, four, I mean like four, five, six, seven years old, and they are telling them to decide their gender. So they are teaching them that gender is now. So they should decide their gender. Now we might think that it's not it's not going to reach outside, yeah? But I bet to differ because I believe that in a few years it's going to be our major focus. And you guys will be the ones that have children at that time. Sorry, we all will be the ones that have children at that time. So if we will be the one that have children at that time, the debates will come up. Um, I've studied a lot of stats. My head is, the stats are making me run crazy. Right. But you know what's funny? What's funny is the fact that the people that are at the forefront of this speech are very young voices, but they are already at the forefront of the we are still praying, trusting God that one day, one day, one day, our day of appearing, or sorry, our season of appearing will come, and then, you know, God will announce us unto the nations of the earth, and I would have had two children at that time, yeah? And, but the, the problem that I found is that, it's like we react, yeah? So there, there's a present program running right now on BBN, everybody knows it. Um, pastors are busy to preach, they're easy to boost their Facebook page, their Instagram page. So they will say, if, if you are a child of God, or if you are a Christian and you watch this, you're, you have not mastered the ways of the spirit, because the spirit is a spirit, spirit, you know, all kinds of rubbish statements. So when they are done saying all of that, they post it thinking that what they said will make people stop watching the program. And I found out that those that vote on that particular show, those that vote on that particular show, are more than the number of people that vote for Nigeria's election. I mean, it's a Nigerian show. And those that vote on that show are more than the population or the number that votes for Nigeria's election. So it means that that show has more. If that show creates a nation, Nigeria will defeat. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> wow. My issue is that most of these things rise up very early. We come up very late trying to tackle it and tell Christians to not watch it. But the truth is that the voices that we hear as we are growing up are the voices that we believe when we are growing Whether it's in the world or it's in church. But the Bible says that God gave us two particular natures. One is our kingship. Another is our priesthood. And God is saying if you have these two and you maximize them well, you will have a level of dominion over the earth. A level of influence over the earth. And you've got to believe me on this, that this thing is a numbers game. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying that um, we always quote the scripture of God has no restraint whether to win with many or to conquer with few. And I believe that. But why do we ignore the win with many and always choose the conquer with few parts? I believe that God wants to win with many. I believe that our children are going to be born into a kind of world that we will be surprised to see. 
Like, I'm not even sure of how there are 21 year olds in Nigeria that are low show and they are pushing it with their chest. All right. And they have millions of followers on Instagram and we are, we, they keep telling us to wait in the cave. I'm telling you, like, there is, God will literally not kill all of them for us to have a voice. Do you understand what I'm saying? God is not going to kill all of them for us to have a voice. It means that we have to reorient ourselves on our idea of influence, on our idea of, let me call it popularity because it's the word that the church runs away from. Now, we have to be careful with some of these words because people have used this to become something else. But as far as I'm concerned, I believe that we are at war. And we are not at war in terms of spiritual battle. No. We are at war with human beings, with ideologies, with with perspectives about life, we are at war in several ways that many of us are not yet sure. Or, or we do not even know yet. So, I, I, I'm, I'm here with my pen, trusting that by God's grace, I'm going to learn myself. I'm going to learn what everyone has studied about the idea of influence using the several Bible characters that we chose and I'm hoping that you guys will open me up to a lot of studies. I don't want to start reading the stats in my head. You know, um, it looks, I, I, I just hope that it doesn't get to the point where men decide to start fighting women. Hope you know it happened in history. It happened in history. There was a particular, I can't remember the country now, uh, uh, that was filled with female warriors and all kinds of things. And they were ruling that. And the men decided that this this is not supposed to be, yeah? And then they went there, killed all of the women there, and took charge of that place. History has passed. We don't know. Many people don't know that that thing ever existed. But I'm, I'm scared that that might happen again. If God does not help us to start to balance the ideologies in people's minds. You know, feminism was a major push a few years ago. Now men rights activists are coming out. Two of them are clashing. And men are saying they are supposed to be in charge. Women are saying we don't need men. Men are saying, if not for reproduction, what are you useful for? All kinds of things are just flying around. And I believe that a church has to have, you know, you know, it looks like the battle we are fighting is still spirits and casting out devils. But I believe that the battle is going to be bigger than that. I believe that, see, let me tell you something. Don't be, don't let us wait till when a prominent preacher has a son that is gay and the church has to make do with because it's their pastor and the pastor will not kill the child. So the church will have to make do with that and Nigeria has a law against this particular law. Yeah? But there are people that are already talking about it in Nigeria now and there's nothing that Nigerians Nigeria, you know Nigerians they don't even care. Those are leaders. They are thinking about next year's election and how much they'll be able to eat after. <laughs> yeah. That's what in that. That was in most of their minds. But the more I discuss, the more I study, the more I just settle down to listen to young people talk. I don't know. In my mind, well, actually, we found out that only 15% of young people from age 18 to 35 go to any church at all. So, obviously, the majority of young people, which are going to become the, the soon fathers and mothers, have completely different ideas, you know, See, the confusion is, is, is stronger than that. I'm not sure about the one in the days of the Tower of Babel is, but I think this, this is going to be worse. If somebody wants to be calling himself they, so I have to say, hey, come. 
day come and meet me. This doesn't, does it make any sense? Some things are just, you sit down and you're like, how did somebody sleep, wake up, and say, I am dead? Supposed to tie the person and take the person to Yabalot. But, but, but it's a narrative that is on TV that, you, you don't know how serious this is. Jordan Peterson was banned from Twitter because of this. Because he called somebody her name. And she switched her name to a man's name. And he just tweeted something and called her name and they banned him from Twitter. Now that's how serious it is, yeah? So if we're not careful to redefine what influence this was, we have to control the earth. Now the word control might sound very, it might sound, what's the word to use now? Yeah, it might sound aggressive. But I believe that we've got to control the earth. All kinds of ideologies are flying. People are believing things they should not, they should never wake up to believe. I don't know whether, is it that maybe they don't have parents that's when they come, when they come to me, the parents and say, I am so-so. They'll be like, no, <laughs> stay in the room. Let's conduct deliverance for the sake of. So I really want to learn today. I really want to learn, but I really want us to carry this as a burden, not just as a church message, but as a burden in our hearts that God has to show us. I'm saying that some of us are already late, yes, but some of us have to start getting the kind of thing that will bring glory to God in like one, two years. Because the disaster is crazy. The disaster is crazy. The disaster is crazy. I don't know of any church, any church presently that has up to a million followers on Instagram. I don't know of any church presently that has up to a million followers on Instagram. But there are all shows that are young. I'm pushing it to every other young person that you can be an show that have over a million. Very young people. Young people that they will say their parents know about it. You know, all kinds of, you just settle down and be like, ha, ha. But the question in my mind is, who is following this person? Where did the person get one million? I think I even checked, I tried, 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 I checked Juba's Angel's page, but I saw that he has one million followers on IG. Juba Angel, one million. This person is 21 years old, one million. How come? This man has labored over the years, right? I'm confused though, <laughs> personally. But I want to learn. I want to learn. I want to trust God to open us up to this one. So I don't know which, which team is coming first. Team one. Where's team one? Team one, right? Team, okay, team two has been busy with convention. But do, uh, do you guys, are you guys ready? You guys have been busy with convention. Alright. Then team three. Who is presenting for team three? Okay, today. All right. Which presents for tomorrow? Okay. So, I want to open my jota. But I just had to share this. I just had to share this so that we prepare. So that we prepare for the days that we have ahead. Tomorrow. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. How about an hour in the next few minutes? This is an old song that I, I thought we were going to sing together. But how about an hour in the next few minutes? 
Now we ask God to speak to us. Let's ask God to give us wisdom knowledge. That the word may mix with faith in our hearts. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. My name is Ariola Ado Daniel, representing the first team. And the funny part is that my team has three Daniels in it. You know, uh, me as Daniel, we have Daniel and we have Lewis. And we have uh, Daniel, I've forgotten his son. Uh, we have three extra people. And so we chose the Bible character Daniel. And so we'll just take a, a, a quick peek at a couple of points. I was thinking we'll get the chance to project so that we can see some of the diagrams and uh, points that we've outlined for ourselves. Uh, so, very quickly, we're starting with Daniel, and I'll outline about, I'll about eight points here. I want to present just in the next few minutes so that we can wrap up real quick. And these are the things that we believe uh, constituted the journey of Daniel, even as he rose from that boy that was taken captive to becoming the president over the 127 provinces. Are with our Bibles? I'm going to go to the book of Daniel chapter 1 verse 3. Daniel chapter 1 verse 3. Two weeks ago when we considered this topic, one of the things that we said was that that we agreed upon was the fact that if influence, if, would, if influence is to be gathered by the church, we should start from a young age, right? And so Daniel chapter 1 verse 3 reads, it says, And the king spake unto Aspenas, the master of his eunuch, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the provinces. This shows us a clear-cut picture that when Daniel was when Daniel was being uh, selected, he was but a child. In other translation, we have it in being a young man, but I am forced to also believe that he must have been within our age range. You know, I mean, someone as young that we can refer to as a child. So that, that solidifies our belief that if influence will be achieved, especially taking a cue from the life of Daniel as a Bible character, then we will start from a young age. Yeah. He has to be quick. The formative years of a young man, uh, it solidifies at the age of nine. You know, at the age of nine, you can form habits, you can do certain things on your own. So it means that before we start to, uh, make certain decisions that has to conflict one another, you know, Minister Bright shared the story, uh, last Sunday that we had young children who were vibing, according to him to songs, to hip-hop songs that were not of God. And you you, you could you can gladly walk into any barbing saloon, you know, or wh- wherever you are, and you can see young children very energetic, very, very confident, very super, super powerful in, in their mindset about what it is that they are doing. And to them, it's not bad, you know. And we've also seen a little bit of, the advanced one try and bring balance to it and say that it's not a big deal, you know. You can listen to this one and also listen to Kokuya Labi, you know. 
my my, uh, my third babs this one so when we do our own you know all sort of uh, incomplete truth and some of them are not even truth at all so uh, it shows us that if if we would gain influence we would start from being a child and if we are no more child if we are no more children one of the things that we should consider is the fact that for those coming after us we owe them so great a responsibility to and uh, truth to them and when we say truth we mean the complete truth let us go to the book of we are still on Daniel Daniel chapter 1 so I said number 1 is that Daniel was a child number 2 is that Daniel was even prepared as a child let's go to verse 4 Daniel chapter 1 from verse 4 when scripture was when when we need to look for children he gave characteristics and the kind of children that they should look for and so scripture says that children in whom there was no children in whom was no blemish but well favored and skillful in wisdom cunning and knowledge and understanding science and as such as the ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. So it means that let's even assume that there were many children out of them all even for Daniel who we eventually realized started from his very lowly place in court. Even at that point, Daniel was well prepared even for influence because it was recorded that um, children in whom there was no blemish, no spot, no wrinkle, children who had knowledge. Do you understand? That, that shows us when, when, and I think this goes for everybody, that one, one of the culture that we believe should not be lost would be the art of reading. Let us ensure that we preach it as much as possible. We've heard people say it outside, readers are leaders, this and that, but you don't want to know the amount of information that are hidden in books. Uh, one of the best books that we can ever read is still the scriptures. And I've been reading this, I can remember, as far back as then until today, we still read that Bible. And we, we are confident of the fact that every day in new light, we, we gain something new. In our entire life, there are people who are our age mates who can boastfully say they've read four books and it's not their fault. You know, circumstances, environments, whatever. Some people, once they pick it up, it just becomes a problem for them. So there is whatever it is that they learn a byproduct of uh, what people say, the conversations they engage in. And that might be good also, but go in search of knowledge because there is something that you have that can be taken away from you. There are truths that you have. Uh, there is a part of the scripture that where the Bible says that uh, where God revealed Himself to Moses, and uh, and He said that I am the I am that I am that I am. And when He was to tell the truth, He said that I am sent me. And I think one of the cues that uh, a preacher dropped was that when God reveals Himself to you, there is little you can show to the world. You know, you can really, really not give everything you have. So no matter the knowledge you read, uh, and you think that people would dispense to you, go in search of knowledge yourself, and sure to read, and sure to be prepared, even on your journey uh, into influence. Now let's go to the book of uh, Daniel also. Let's go to verse 5. And my third point here says that even Daniel as a child, uh, I said he was well prepared. Uh, there was also indication that Daniel had a season of preparation. Uh, scripture says that, and the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank. So nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. 
when they gathered people that they thought were the one percent of the one percent, they still had to put them together and nourish them for three years before they could stand before the king. Remember that in verse three, it was said of them that people who were well mannered to stand before the king, right? Now, also in verse five, they are saying that there is difference between standing before the king and standing before the king. There are some knowledge that you think you have now that we see can be outdated in the next 24 hours. Over the next course of three years, let us teach you how to address people in the house of parliament. Let us teach you how to speak before governors. Let us teach you how to address the market women. Let us teach you how to handle difficult situations. You guys are knowledgeable. You guys are wise. But for everybody, you can't just grow from zero. I think we said it here that God don't throw people up. You know? You, you, if you, if you, if you chose you, you will fall. But God can, He can increase you gradually. So there is always a season of preparation. You don't expect to gain influence in the next two weeks. It doesn't really happen like that. Wherever you see that looks like they just blew, check very well. You know, check very well. And we are not saying those that blow and fizzle out in the next uh, couple of weeks. No, we are saying that those who really, who stand the test of time. There is always an indication that these people had a season of, of preparation. Even Jesus had a season of preparation himself. So even for uh, the short time that he had to do his ministry for, there was a long time that he had to prepare for. And so I think it's also important that we take that cue that if we would gather influence, we also have to take intentional time to prepare. Don't be in a rush to go out. Scripture says that he called them first that they might be with him, and then he might send them forth, that he might send them forth, but the most important part is that he might be with him first, so there is always that season of being with God, being with uh, information, you know, gathering, uh, th- there's just so much that it does to you when you are confident of the, f- uh, yeah, it was making mention of some, a couple of names earlier, people like Ben Capero, I think I was watching uh, a video this afternoon, maybe around 11, and there was, it, was, it was the conversation with a young lady, and she said that uh, she she can choose to identify as a fe- as a male or as a female. And and he was asking her a question that it means that so he asked. I said, "Are you sixty years old?" And she said, "No." He said, "Can you identify as sixty? You know." And it was just a lot of logical argument. And a point came. It, it seemed like uh, the, the, that that young man Ben. I mean, Ben knew what he was doing so much that they were dumbfounded. And I'm saying that it just means that you don't want to. Go out into the world with half-baked information. You want to really sit down, be groomed, know what to do. Uh, on Tuesday, I was, I was in a conversation with a couple of people and they were talking about policies around, uh, uh, digital information in Ondo State here. And, uh, one of, one of the speakers there was seen quite a lot. Now, I would have said that probably I had experience when it comes to the tech ecosystem. You know, I've been in conversation with quite a many of, quite many of them, but I discovered that the governmental part, uh, in the tech ecosystem also has a lot to play. So it was asking me that when last was the bill revisited in Ondo State, apparently it was 2003, a time where there was no even DSTV, where there was nothing, you know, compared to now where everybody's wide on the internet. So I'm saying that, uh, in, in that conversations, I, I was, I, I was there blindly, you know, saying that, uh, this is what, uh, the U.S. is doing. This is what 
uh, a state like Lagos is doing, and he just asked me one simple question: when, 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 when uh, the policy, when last was it visited? I, I just told him I didn't know. He said it was 2003, you know. So he just he just showed me that even though you mean well, right? You have little or no information. You can't expect us to replicate Lagos here with a 2003 policy bill, you know. So if you want to go out to the world, there must be adequate information. Number four is that if we would gain influence upon the face of the earth, we would not deny the fact that uh, there is the God factor. It, it is it is a world of men, and this is uh, the prince of the world rules here. is is always going to be a battle. You know, like Olamide said during the service, he said that uh, the the battle here is that the kingdom of this world might be the kingdom of our God. So if I'm going to gain influence over a world that we hope to be the kingdom of our God, then we should know it's not going to come easy. We we are going to need the God factor. If we check the book of Daniel chapter 1 verse 9, scripture says, Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuch. So, uh, let's forget the skills he had. Let's forget the manner of uh, reasoning, the his mannerisms, whatever it is that he had. There was still that singular factor where it was very important that for him to gain influence, you know, rise from where he was to where he was going, there was that part that God had to play a key factor. And so in this journey, uh, we, we are not disputing the fact that when, when God grants us an excellent spirit, what comes after his influence? So there is that part where God plays his own part in, in, in accordance with our own part. So there's the God factor. There is where he grants favor. Scripture says that, you know, he brought him in favor with, uh, let's go to verse 17 very quickly. If you're, let's, let's read here. Yeah? Verse 17, Daniel chapter 1, verse 17. Scripture says that as for the four children, God gave them knowledge and skill. My emphasis there is that God gave them, God gave them knowledge, skill in all learning and wisdom and Daniel had understanding. So we are saying that uh, influence is important, but what are the, what looks like the background story? Uh, it's very easy to see people with influence on the top, right? See them from afar off, but what are the things that make around where where they are or what looks like their growth process. And we are saying that if we would gain influence uh, the God way, taking a cue from Daniel as a Bible character, there's that part where God has to play his part. So I call it the God factor. And that's from verse 17. Uh, I, I also have here that Daniel had intelligence. Scripture says in the book of Proverbs that the horse is prepared ahead for the day of battle. Classical story uh, if we go to verse 20, Daniel chapter 1 verse 20, it says that in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better. It means that when when they were taking a wild survey, they, they, they packed so many of them. Then after that season of preparation, there was the God factor, there was this, there was that. When it was time for them to appear before the king, it was also very important for us to note that these guys were very intelligent, you know, far beyond. It was it was evident because when we go to the book of Daniel chapter 2, that was where the king gave a decree that, I mean, look for a solution for me or else everybody gone. And, you know, uh, Daniel said, and he said that Daniel and his friends inclusive were sought to be, to be killed. And he said, hold on, calm down. You know, there is something I have. Let us make a way out of it. There is intelligence 
that cannot be gainsaid. You know, I, I'm just looking at the fact that uh, during the military era, you know, when when a decree is given to kill everybody, it takes a lot of God for you to say, "Calm down, uh, a solution from somewhere." Do you understand? And so, in, with that kind of king, Daniel says, "Relax, give me a couple of time. A solution is coming." And I'm sure he didn't say it anyhow. Do you understand? There was there was there was infinite wisdom in delivery. There was intelligence. He knew what he was doing. So Daniel also had intelligence. He has been preparing ahead of time. I wrote here again, we have here that Daniel was faithful with men. Let's go to the book of Daniel chapter 6. It's a a long shot, but I just want us to take a a, a quick cue from there. Daniel chapter 6, as I round up. Daniel chapter 6 verse 4. Scripture says that even Daniel's enemies would later admit that they could find no ground for complaint or corruption. Because he was faithful, no negligence, no corruption was found in him. If you would be influential, it is very important that you are faithful. It is very important that the world, the prince of the world, when he comes visiting, there is nothing of him in you. When we look around closely, uh, there is a popular man of God recently who has been in the news every now and then for a particular scandal. And uh, I think it was sometimes on my way from one of my trips, and, you know, it was in a conversation in the bus, and everybody just kept saying that, uh, you know, his church members were very defensive on Twitter anyway, I mean, saying that this is not real, this is that, but it happened the first time, happened the second time, third time, I mean, there's just so many, I'm saying that if you, if God will grant you influence, there is that need for you to know that there must not be negligence, there must not be corruption, because we, we don't want to call the name of Jesus a cost. We don't want to bring shame to his name, because we represent a God and we represent his kingdom. Uh, so many people, uh, I mean, when we look at the life of some of our fathers, I celebrate them so much, because when you look at their lives critically, these people paid a huge price, knowing where they are going, knowing what their future looks like. They paid so much price to ensure that they stay true and they stay faithful to their calling. So it is also very important that we take note of that. Now, this is my last point here, and this is very, very important. I wrote here that Daniel was diplomatic. And I trust that uh, it's, it's a service, and I trust that the Lord will help us bring balance to what would look like incomplete truth. Because when we say being diplomatic, it can be sometimes misunderstood to be quite many things. You know, being diplomatic can, uh, there is, when we talk about a rape case, uh, I've, I've, there's, there's a narrative that says that when you keep quiet, you are taking the side of the oppressor. Do you understand? Uh, when you decide to voice out, you know, I'm just saying that there's a lot of narrative around that, but, uh, where influence is at play, there is that need, even though you can be pragmatic, uh, there is that need to be very, very diplomatic. Now, I will start from here to say that Daniel and his brothers, I mean, Daniel, uh, Daniel, Ananias, Mishael, and Azariah, they had to take down their respective names that signified allegiance to God, the L, according to 
the Hebrew, right? And the IEL, the IAH, the EEL at the end of Daniel and Azrael at the IAH. They had to take down their names in substitute for another name that was given to them. So Daniel had to take on a name like Belshazzar. Uh, then Israel had to take on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, uh, in the world of today, it's like saying that uh, denounce what it is you stand for. And we thank God for the teachings that we have received here when we look at the book of Psalms chapter 137. And I hope I'm correct. That was what we talked about. Uh, the people of the children of God singing a song in a strange land. Do you understand? I believe that teaching did a, a lot of justice to this, to the fact that uh, it looked like a very crucial decision to be made, but it was also equally an important one because if they had outrightly rejected the fact that they were not taking down their names because of their allegiance to their God and their faith, Daniel and his brothers would not be where they were. Do we understand? Now, sometimes, like I said, it is very difficult because now the question lies that how do we find a fine line between when to know when to stand up for your faith and knowing when to conform, you know, bend for a while and let the world empowers you with our resources so that you can defend the name of God. And that is what I think that teaching in the month of May. Am I correct? I think that was the last Sunday in May. That was the teaching. So if you can get it, please, let's, let's go over it once again. You know, that, that is one of the things that I feel like that teaching did and it was, it was very important. Uh, let me also read here that says that. Okay. One minute. Daniel had a way of collaborating with his seniors. Now, when we look at influence, influence is a byproduct of many things. Uh, it, it takes a lot of God for you to put your life on the line for someone. Now, Daniel had a way of walking up to the, the person in charge of the ill notch, you know, the person taking care of them and saying that, see, I know that the king has his instructions, but uh, please, we want something different. Give us something else to eat and watch us for the... And the man said, see, it's not like I can't give you, but the problem, my problem is not even giving you. The problem is that if you reduce in size, eh, if you drop one kg, my life is on the line. You know, and sometimes many of us we just take that as a blow. But Daniel said that you know what, no problem. Just watch me for ten days. Let's see how we fear for ten days. If I if I look haggard or whatever, let us find a way of uh, you know of rectifying that. And then after ten days, truly these guys said that they were better off. Now we are seeing the the relationship, the approach to matters, and how it seems like things were handled. So on 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 this journey to influence. There are so many obstructions that we will come across, but the question lies are how do we undo them? What are the approach that we take to them? Are we outrightly shouting that, see, I said I don't feel like eating. If I fast, I fast. If I cook fast and I look at God, you will die. Is you the king who kill? No. We are saying that there is a goal that we are looking ahead and there is a way that we should approach those things. Uh, I would like to read a couple of scenarios that I painted here. One of these is that Christians can embrace education if it is conducted, even if it is conducted outside the bounds of Christian accountability. And it is, like I said, conversations like this are very dicey, you know. But it is quite important because we are in a world of men, right? 
uh, and men sit down to make these rules. So sometimes it's very important that we open up ourselves. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of conversation about being open-minded and being close-minded, the pros and cons, you know, advantages and disadvantages, but that's not what we're here to discuss. We are saying that when, in, when, we, when it comes to influence, we are saying that sometimes it is very good that Christians open themselves up to education. And when I say education, I believe that we know what I mean by that. I mean education outside the boundaries of uh, of Christianity. Now, there's a but at the end of the day, but let me read my three points. Number two is that Christians can embrace work by work. W-O-R-K. Christians can embrace work in non-Christian and even hostile work environment with suitable safe safeguards. Maybe not hostile per se. But I'm saying that uh, there, there are some. I've, I've heard of companies where you are not allowed to pray. You know, you know there's we have our parents had that liberty. You know, my mom when she walks into her office, she has a way of putting a scarf on and then she just prays in the whole office. Before she opens the window and stuff, but I've I've seen I've, I've I have friends who say that you can't even mutter words of prayers. Obviously, you know, like visibly, just do your thing under your bread or whatever, you know. So sometimes we, we can look at it and fact, and you know, there are questions that people ask that when you want to again work in the place, ask them what's their work culture like, you know, this and that. It, it is sometimes safe for the sake of influence that Christians embrace work in non-Christian environments. Number three is that. Christians who work or study in non or anti-Christian environment should take care to avoid uncritical assimilation of the surrounding culture. And which is what will take me to the bot. I mean, the safeguards that Christians need to have in, in place before it looks like you venture into uh, communities like this. I wouldn't advise someone who just gave his life to Christ yesterday to do this anyways. We are saying that uh, because of the kind of teachings we've had over time, we are confident of the knowledge that we have. Time is fast spent. We are confident of the knowledge that we have. So we are saying that uh, sometimes it is fear that we take some of these actions. But now, let, let, let us go to the safeguards that look like we need to put in place before Christians can embrace this. Number one would be constant prayer and communion with God. It was even recorded that Daniel prayed three times daily throughout his entire career, you know. So, before it, before we send you out, you know, to partner with the world, you need to ensure that solidly there is that constant communication and constant prayer. Number two would be firm adherence to material markers of faith, even if they are somewhat arbitrary. There are, there are boundaries we should set, you know. You know your limits, do you understand? Don't because of influence fall into pitfalls that you cannot recover from. And sometimes that's why it is very important. I think the last part here explains, explains the second point better. You know, putting standard, putting measures that guide your faith. Don't, don't because of influence go and say that morning, afternoon light, you are listening, uh, to, uh, Alamide or the Boy or whatsoever. Do you understand? If you know you cannot take it, don't, don't, don't do it. Do you understand? I remember when I, where, was it last year? I was in my place of work and it was, in, once they just come in early in the morning, they had a way of playing songs. And so I discovered that each time I walked into the office, there was, they were playing songs already. So I took it upon myself to always get to work early. 
Once I get to work early, I'm the first to connect my speaker. You know. So once I connect like that, we play ill song. And then one day after like four days, one of them just go angry and say, this is not a church. You know. And so I said, ah, I understand. But you know, after, and after, eh? Yeah, I said after like one hour, it's fine. You can play your own. But at least let's start the day with songs of God, Abby. So we started and then, when they noticed I said, come. So it was now about to, who was coming to work early now. Honestly, there was a particular day I was, I was at work 7.14. Like seven, the person to open the gate was not around. Because it was just a battle of who was going to play songs first. And you know, when the facility manager came in and saw, he saw the two of us, he just knew what was happening. So immediately he just said to a guy that there's a battle of songs going downstairs. And a guy said, okay, in this office we cancel the speaker. Because, I mean, we were full of designers. So sometimes they like to play songs while they work. So no more songs while you work. And it was safe for my mental health at that point because there was no more Bonner Boy. And you were not listening to my ill song anymore. You know. Uh, so the, the third thing says that active association and accountability with other Christians in the same kind of work. There is that help that comes when you are a lawyer and you have a Christian lawyer as a friend. Do you understand? Uh, sometimes we are pushed, but he said, iron sharpened iron. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, it's, it's, it's good that we sharpen the countenance of each other. When I took on my new job, uh, the former, the outgoing person was saying some things to me. And he was, he's a Christian too. And it was like, uh, a lot of things will come on, but let me just save you a lot of stress ahead of time. You know, when they say this, this is what they mean. Do you understand? Do not send your electronic signature. I repeat. Do not send your electronics. And I said, why? It's just, a, I said, it's not just signature. This and this, one day you will receive, you know, quite a lot of things. So there is that, there is that comfort and safety, you know, when, when you're a developer or when you're a trader, when, when you're a business person, there are some deals you will not take because, you know, some projects we don't take alone, but in the company of two or three, it helps guide our faith together, you know, like that. Lastly is that, uh, this, this is, there's, there's an exception to this. this. is possible to debate anyways, but adoption to a modest lifestyle so that attachment to money, prestige, or power does not stand in the way of risking your job or career if you are pressured to do something contrary to God's command, value, and virtue. Despite the principles of the Babylonian education, Daniel and his friends were constantly ready to lose everything in order to speak and act on God's word. Do you understand? Uh, like I said, it's very dicey. So when I say be comfortable with a modest lifestyle, modest can be modest to me, I can be modest to you. But when we say modest, we are saying that detachment from anything that can, that can, that can stop you from speaking the truth. You don't, you don't want, you don't want that. Because, uh, it's influence we're talking about. When your influence is based, when they know that you are valuable, you have a price, then your influence is compromised. You know, there are some people that they don't do certain things, but give them this amount, then they can post this on their page. They can do this. They can say certain things. I know that at some point they said Frank Edward was offered a deal at some point to sing without mentioning the name of Jesus. You can use God, but don't use Jesus. I, I didn't know. I don't know the full story, but yes, he, he outrightly rejected it from what I heard. By saying that sometimes influence puts you in a difficult position if 
if money was his goal, maybe he might have taken it. Do you understand? So when we take a, a keyword, some of the couple of things we have mentioned, they look at, they, they look at, they look like some of the things that were, not all anyways, but they look like some of the principal things that were surrounding and guiding Daniel as he grew gradually from start till he reached the pinnacle of influence. God bless you in Jesus' name. The king called for the children of Israel. I just found out that it was now on himself. The children of Israel, the king's seat, and also of the princes. So I found out that the king, uh, the, the plan for influence, there was a major transferring agenda here. And it was not left to the young ones to decide to become influential, right? So the king arranged for some people's influence, called his own um, the princes there would be his children and the children of those in charge of most of those provinces and then brought a few people which they had already brought from exile brought on exile rather from Israel and the king was arranging people intentionally that he was going to put in charge of provinces now this first point is very important because I believe that most times what church people do is that they have to fight to get to the top and then when they get there, we're going to teach you the mysteries that will take you to the top, right? Then you too will have to continue the same fight to get there. So there's always, everybody that rose from church most times had to find his way, tear through several bushes. There is rarely um, a, a planned system to hand over influence to the next steps. And and let me say this this way. I, I don't think giving somebody, making another person a general overseer is enough plan, in my opinion. Because most times, the next person that will become the general overseer is probably the age mate of the pastor that was there or his age range. And it's to continue the work, which is quite true. But I, I think... That will not affect the next generation. It will rather maintain these people as they grow. Is that true? But there was an intentional... You could see there that the Bible says that they went to look for children. So which means that these people were not grown people. These were not people that uh, were already grown. They were planning to to invest an ideology in these young people as children. And they chose them. They chose princes... um, and they chose several people, then they chose children from Israel. Whoever wins in this contest are the ones that were going to hand over. And if you continue reading um, down the book of Daniel, you'll find out that Daniel was placed over the province of Babylon, if you continue to study. 
you find out that even Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were also pre- placed over provinces in Babylon. So the goal was to place them in places where the king's ideology can continue. But it was the king's plan to ensure that he gathered people by himself. Now this is going to be for us. Because in my opinion, I think we might be very late. God has to help us, but I think we might be late. What I believe is that God has to help us to not think about ourselves again. To think about the generation coming early. So that as we transition. Let me say something. Most times as people get lifted, they forget children ministry. You know what children ministry is most times? Keep them in one corner there. Make sure they don't make noise and disturb what God is doing there. Right? Give them biscuits or put a TV in front of them. Let them just watch something and play with toys and share biscuits and let them go back. But I think that strategy is not going to work. I believe, I think church has to find a way to start hunting for those souls heavy from schools and several of these other places. Let's, let's see how, well, anyways, let me not say that for that one else now. So I, I noticed this strategic positioning that the king found a way to select people early, early. And started to train them by a particular ideology. And I believe that the world always do it. They've always been doing it. They've always been doing it. And if you would notice, most times when the world starts doing it and they have planned it fully and they have people that they are ready to put in those places, they start to throw it into our films, right? They start to throw it into several things. Do you know that many of the um, Christian films that we do most times in this part, apart from Abattoir, right? That was a bit out of the normal trend. A bit. Most of our films are, our Christian films are a man and his wife, family issues. Do you understand? Am I right? I hope I'm not saying something wrong. Somebody that God called into ministry did not accept the call early in his life, then God came for you. I'm, why are we laughing? I've said I'm not insulting anybody. I've repented for results. So, um, but that's, that's what it is, right? If there's any other movie, as far as I know, the Christian movie industries that I know, movie ministries that I know. But the movies that are addressing Christian, the Christian work, many times are not done by Christians. One of the things, when I was studying um, the history of the Christian film, and there were a few films that were recommended, one of which was Greenleaf. Is the name Greenleaf? Is it Greenleaf? Heard of that movie? What is it doing? What's the title of that movie? Now, I, I, I'm, I'm not good at watching movies. But when I went to Lagos, I was in my friend's place and he had that movie with me. And I tried to, oh, this is the movie, okay now, let's watch it. And I was seeing some very extreme things. First, I found out that most of them were not Christians. Secondly, I found out that there were extreme things in the movie, like complete porn, um, you know, um, parts of that movie. And I believe that Christians will never do this. Even if we say the West, they are becoming serious with their Christian life, I don't think they will do that. Because the movie that um, Jonathan McReynolds and um, wrote to me and Cody, did, even though they were trying to portray something, they didn't go too far. They didn't go, they didn't go farther than kissing somebody's hand or something like that. Right? So I, I, I saw this and I found out that something is wrong. And when most of the movie industry, um, ministries in Nigeria were interviewed, how, what, what kind of films are we expecting you guys to produce? I heard most of them saying, 
um, we are going to continue doing what we are doing. We are not planning to go into the world. And I'm realizing that something is wrong. Something is wrong. Somebody is defining church that is not a church member. Do you understand what I'm saying? Somebody is defining church in movies that does not have a pastor. And something is wrong with that. Another movie I watched this year that you gave me, what's the name of that movie? Come Sunday. That movie is scattered my head. Because this guy was a pastor. And it's a true life story. He's a pastor. I had to go on Google to search for the man. And he started to preach that he was raised by a very prominent minister in the gospel. And he has a large church. He was a very prominent bishop. He was the kind of bishop that was invited to the White House. House. So that kind of bishop. Then he started to say, he found out that God was speaking to him. That there is no hell. Nobody's going to heaven. Nobody's Nobody's going to hell, rather. Everybody's going to heaven. Even those that kill and everything. And when he said all of those, and he believed it. He believed that God told him. And he started to talk about it and started to teach it. When I watched the person that was acting this movie, the person was not a person. When I watched the people that were in that movie, they were not Christians. So, and those movies are very popular. Those are the kind of movies that will be on Netflix. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, somebody will watch that movie and say, this is how church looks like. But this is not how church looks like. Is that true? Because this other movie that I was talking about was, is a seasonal movie. I've not been able to watch it, but when I went through, I'm like, ah, this is, this is raw. This is raw. I, there's, there's no difference between going to a porn site and going to this is this is it. And they were talking about church administration. That's what the movie was about. You know the movie. They were talking about church administration. That's what the movie was about. And I'm like, everybody that is trying to portray himself as part of a church administration in this movie, these people are not Christians. So how come Christians are not acting these particular roles? Something is happening. And if we do not get to wake up early to it, and hand over that same thing to the next generation. We are going to lose. We are not going to define what faith life is again. We are going to keep shouting. Somebody else will be defining faith life, and I don't want that to happen. Yeah. So we studied from Daniel, and we found one of the points that was. I'm sure that some people might agree. Some people might not agree. Is the point called um, that is called diplomacy? Uh, do you believe? Do you do you believe in diplomacy? Do you believe that we should find a way to how do I want to explain it now? Huh? <laughs> should we go for win-win or should we say it's us? We have an ideology that we must force. The, the kind of debates I'm seeing, I, I think last, last, if we're not careful, a war will break out. So, so, and I'm very serious. It's just going to be team men versus team women. So everybody should start killing themselves now. Whoever dies, whoever is eradicated first, the rest will live on the earth. You don't believe that. That's how Russia and Ukraine too do not believe that God was going to once the spirit moved. <laughs> that amazing man. So, do we believe in? Do you believe in diplomacy, or does anybody have the contrary point to diplomacy? Nobody. Everybody believes in diplomacy, or you are not sure. You think we should take a stand for what we want? Huh? You want to? Diplomacy is, ah, I have a friend. His name is Tiga. He's, <laughs> I call him, I, I believe that probably he's in APC or PDP. <laughs> the reason, <laughs> you don't understand what I'm saying. 
Have you, you you've met politicians, ba? That, for example, the one that all of us say that we want to vote for was a was supposed to be a vice president to the one that we don't want to vote for before. Do you remember? Um, let's not mention too many names. So the like <laughs> we <laughs> that the fact that this person is saying he believes in A, this one is saying she believes in B, and then you you are the middle. And A is correct if B is do you understand? So when they listen to your whole statement, it's like you made the points, but you made the two points at the same time. Do you know that's what that's what diplomacy is? So you didn't really choose a side, you are the middle. You say? So you are dealing with people, but you are being sensitive about the issue. Right? So like, for example, let's bring the transgender thing. Yeah? And then somebody says, this is gay. So I, I don't have an issue with gay people. I don't... I feel like you can decide what you want to do. Then you now bring the other side. So the gay guy feels like it's fine. The other person feels like it's fine. You didn't choose any side. Yeah? So do we believe, should we go for diplomacy? Or should we say we are standing with this and we are not going with that? What do you think? Oh, we should let, is that? We should stand for what we believe. Huh? Why is it not raining? Don't give us answer. <laughs> give us answer. I don't know if those online are going to type on WhatsApp or give me a mic. As regards diplomacy, diplomacy is a political word um, that um, came out of democracy, right? So it's it's used because we have democracy, right? Everybody needs to be heard, and because everybody needs to be heard, you need to be agreement. You understand? So because it needs to be agreement, even though I don't like everything, if I like something, we can agree on. We can find a way to agree. So because of agreement, we have um, diplomacy. It's dealing with in discussions, using discussions to avoid something, as far as you want to get, you get what you want. Even though you don't get everything, if I can get one one of this, I can shoot the rest. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So, um, because of that, um, um, the scripture is kind of like for me. Um, this is my opinion because of my study in scripture and the um, arrangement of what the kingdom of God looks like. God is not a diplomat. Right, he says what he wants, and he wants to get it done. He didn't discuss with human beings to decide when Jesus will die, or whether they like hell or not, or whether the temperature of hell should be lesser than. Yes, so there was no there was no real discussion as regards um, the things, his policies, and the things that he wants accomplished. You understand? So if you check scripture, the Bible says that. Um, um, oh God, there are many things in my head. Um, after death is judgment. There is no politics about this one. You can't say that, okay, God, but I thought that, um, can we wait in some place before there's judgment? Immediately after death, there's judgment. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, not to drive this discussion too long. Diplomacy is a man, is a man's invention. It's a man's idea. If you want to talk about the kingdom of God, basically, there's nothing like diplomacy in the kingdom of God. Anybody with the I was saying diplomacy in the context of influence because you find out that um, 
yeah, it's that's how God wanted it, but we're in the world of evil. And even scripture says that God has given the to the children of men. And we find out that many times we want to um influence those that are <laughs> those that are here. Um the strategy of of for spreading the kingdom here is infiltration. You see that a lot in Daniel, Esther, <clears throat> and also I, I think it depends on the context from which we are talking about it. If it's um in terms of spreading, if it's if it's in terms of influencing the world of men, especially like you said, the age that we are now in. You know, it was in the season of monarchy that when Christianity wanted to spread, there were things like um, the what's it called. What was it called? That even went extreme. Um, where Christians were killing people and spreading and forgotten what they could. No, that, that's not the word for the crusaders. Yeah. So the crusaders came and because what's the, the trend of the world that time was, um, people conquered kingdoms. So eventually when the emperor received Christ, he used that too. So we find out that spreading kingdom has always been in line with the pattern of the pattern that the world currently is at that time. And now it is democracy, not monarchy. So even God at times is limited. It's, he can't, that's why you find out that it's very hard in our day. It's very hard. Many of the people that have stood their grounds have not, we've not heard them. You understand? We are hearing them in our circles, but dear, we are not hearing them. So, if if we con- if we consider a more political scene like in the days of Daniel, in the days of Esther, how did these guys enter? How was it that okay? We know that um it was hard, but how is it that in chapter two, just one chapter after it, they were saying that they should worship the God of Daniel only? But God had told them that there are certain things that they must they, they even went to bear the names of idols. Do you understand? So I think we must understand the context. That we want to infiltrate at this time. Like, I, I think, um, we have been taught that there were certain ways through which the kingdom spread at different ages that so at some point after the early church, they had to modify because of the current context. So I think that that word diplomacy, just like you said, because we are in a system of democracy, I think we need to Pay more close attention to his very role. Not, yeah, not compromising, but diplomacy. And I found out that, um, Christians run away many times from diplomacy. And our ideologies are not part of the things that are considered. Um, a very good story that, that was in my mind in the days of, uh, what was the name of this? William Weberforce. How many of us have read William Weberforce? Slave trade, the guy that stopped slave trade. So, this guy was a, a, a person like us. He was fasting and praying. When he received Christ, he was a playboy. He received Christ and then, um, he had about 12 friends. They, they used to meet in a particular, a particular, a, a maybe a restaurant or so. And they, they always prayed, trusted God. And the strategies that God began to give them was not to go to church. And many of them formed NGOs and many things. And William Wilberforce himself went to the parliament. Now, it took William Wilberforce 52 years before that bill 
to end slave trade was passed. But in the midst of that um, 52 years, how do you think that people will consider his bill if he had not also played along with them? Do you understand? He has supported some people. So at some point, people will need to start supporting him. And it took him a long time to stay there. In, in the Senate places, bills have been passed every now and then. And he always had to take sides. Do you understand? So I think we need to be very, very um, considerate of the system we are in. Uh, um, sorry. Thank you. Thank you very, very important. The point in line was very important. Now, in, in the context of the kingdom, um, the, the, the issue we have as regards um, setting things in stone is because we are not as fluid as the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry. Like, um, I'm, I have to talk along this line. Because if you find out there are things that... Um, when you say kingdom um, stand, being human beings, we like thinking about it as far as something set in stone. I'm trying to see how I can link uh, what um, I've already said. So, things are set in stone. So, if God says this chair is white, then this chair is white. It's set in stone. But if you study the scripture, that's not how things really are. For example, um, Jesus Christ told um, his disciples, he gave, he gave a lot that was going to the world and made disciples. But Paul tried to enter Asia. He was obeying the, the strict decree. And let's go into the world. Let's enter into the world. But let's say, don't enter here. So at that point now, if you face the average river, and like, Jesus says, why he says, why? We'll be fight everywhere. Because God, Jesus said, you should go into the world. Now there's Asia. Paul tried to enter the, um, enter Asia. Uh, let's say, don't enter. Right? So, set in the center of this kingdom ideology, this idea of um, setting things in stone, it's not a pillar, right? It's like water. It's like wind. And we have to move with that movement. So you you you, you can't say um, it's um, diplomatic. It's weird. It's because you can't say it's politics. It's God's idea. And at the end of the day, no matter the shape that the Holy Spirit takes, it ends up being the right way. For example, now we remember how this how this guy was able to stay in that system for fifty two years, fifty two fifty two years, trying to pass a message. You have to be very careful. You, you you can't just come and say that hey, slave trade is rubbish, and all of you are doing the wrong thing. You might die the next day, right? For example, there's this there's this lyric that it's in, it's in this guy's song, Bora Boy's song. Um, I think it's this recent album he released. He said that um, people don't realize that. Uh, if you don't understand your dream, something like that, um, you will lose it. Then he, he now gave a statement, striking statement. He said, Martin Luther, just like he, he had a dream, but at the end of the day, he got shot. I don't know who has listened to that before. That, like, Martin Luther had a dream, and then he got shot. So, what was Bonaboy trying to imply with that statement? That Martin Luther, the Martin Luther we know, he had a dream, at the end of the day, he got shot. He did not see the dream come to pass, right? We are now experiencing it. So, what happened there? So, when it comes to discussions like this, diplomacy, we have to put, as believers, if you are talking about this in a conference, you can't nobody will answer you because it's your spirit, it's your Holy Spirit, you understand? 
It's not always the same way we try to force the scripture. When we go anywhere, we want to preach the Bible to everybody. As if everybody believes the Bible is the authority over their lives. So not everybody believes the Bible is the authority over their lives. So if we want to go into the world, we can't bring our stone. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Neither can we bring our, we can't discuss this. So in, 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 because we are believers here, in these terms, we can say that we need to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Thank you. So I think that's... <laughs> so Something is wrong. 
ya ya mwe. Does it make any sense? So I, so that's why. So do should our push. Any other kind of probably monarchy and of practical government, where I will hear a voice by my diligence. I will grow in the ranks over a long time. And I will hear a voice. And when I say, hey, everybody must listen to me because I have the accreditation to do so. Now, we have to be careful with some of these things because if you put one man, the, the person that is in charge of still. So, um, let's hear his inside the story. Now, these, these things, don't just listen to them. Just go back home. Pay attention. Just pay attention to what young people are saying. Do you understand? Just listen while you are doing your work. Get it. And just be big, just be listening. I'm sure you will hear something and you will move it. Did human beings give birth to life? These people came out of the arms of God. It's amazing. So thank you very much. Just listen to this, take it home, study about it. Our one of our arguments now is diplomacy, right? Amongst every other thing that we believe, we're arguing diplomacy. We believe in value the faith of diplomacy. So let's say if you can do this to every single In a few minutes, I'll just come and I'll round up. It's, I don't know if I'll be able to teach this because I think we are going to teach this. What do you do? What do you do? Let's see how it goes, man. Group two. Okay. So let's see if we can continue the argument. Group two. I would like to thank you, Mr. Rail, for the opportunity and my group leader for the opportunity to present. First, on the point I wanted to, before I can defend on Esther, the point I wanted to point out on diplomacy is that it comes as a, at, at a risk. You know, um, I watch movies and there was this particular movie, um, about black men that actually went to real estate. They were one of the biggest real estate in the, um, partnership then in the US. Now there was a thing in the US where housing sector was actually like they pushed the black to the rural areas, then the whites actually had like a modernized space of living. Now this guy risked everything just because of his belief that which this thing must change. And it cost that guy his future because I would say that it should have been one of the biggest real estates agency in the world because the, at the rate it was going then. And I would like to point out there was a particular, there was something in Akure or in those state then that masquerade on, on particular, on a, on a particular Sunday that a masquerade is coming out that if you come out, you are gone. But this man, after waiting for years too, he came out and this was what happened to him. One part of his risk was the flood day. So diplomacy always comes at, at least which most of us are not willing to take here to change something. So diplomacy will be like a strategy. Um, so I'll be defending on Esther. That is the, the person we chose as 
power. We are the person for everything in the Bible. Now, due to the limited amount of time I have, I'll be talking just on few points here. I would have loved to talk about our background, um, our qualities, what was our path to influence, how she got the influence she had. Now, first, I would say, start not quoting any um, point, um, any um, scripture. Esther was a young, young maiden then. And she was a queen of over 140 provinces from India to Ethiopia. You know the landmass of India. Most talk of, and it ranges over India down to Ethiopia to Africa. She was a queen over, over all provinces. Now, what was her? How did she get? Because Esther's influence was the position she held. She was the queen. Now, she got this position or this influence through four or, yes, through four or five, five major things she had. We had a slide board. Yes. Now, she had beauty. Esther was really beautiful. I didn't see Esther. <laughs> but, but, you know, there's a way the Bible, she was, because the Bible said she found favor at the sight of everyone that beheld her. Ha! <laughs> so Esther had beauty. That was her first part to getting the influence she had. <laughs> yes. Then, again, she had character. Now, there were 10 young maidens the king actually said they should prepare for him. Now, what differentiated Esther was at the point where she was meant to actually pick some those, actually a tax then, maybe like a test or something. She said, she, she relayed that tax to, um, how should I put it? The person giving out, they were gifts that just come into a particular place, what you want, we give you. But Esther said, give me what you want to give me. Like she, she gave the person I wanted to give her a gift, the choice. That was, that was one of the, she had, she had character. Then she knew how to use words. The way Esther spoke to the king was different from the way Vashti spoke to the king. Vashti actually dishonored the, the king. The king asked that Vashti should be brought, although that might be where, when I was, it was actually like, what is this king doing? Why? Because you are drunk, right? But the way Vashti said it, she said, no. You know, she didn't even say, ah, I'm doing something, I'm doing, she, she, she just said no. And that was a fine, and that actually displeased the queen, the king. But there was a way Esther knew how to use her words. That, that when you listen to her, you actually want to get close and, yes, what are you trying to say? What are you, what is your, actually your point? And, relating this to, let me see if I have time. Relating this to real life, there are actually some kind of people that, that if they, I want you to be lot, and if they, I, I, the way people speak actually points out to me first. Like, the way they can construct a video, they will, act, the way they will speak through their topic, it's not story, um, storytelling in mind. The way they can actually construct what they want to say and everything is really, really, like, is magnificent. And again, Esther was strategic. 
Now, this point is very important because influence to us now is like getting 8 million followers, which is very good. But there's a kind of influence that you can guess that Esther had that she did not actually use her position as a queen to actually stop a man from killing everybody. She used her influence to influence a king. She used her influence. Instead of having 7 million followers, can you be that influential that you have 10 followers and you can actually speak to someone that has 100 million followers to listen to you? An example of that in real life is there's a YouTuber I actually watches videos, Mr. Beast. Yeah. He had a fundraising for trees and everything for trees, you know, community trees. And he had a friend that knew Elon Musk. Now I dropped a tweet that okay, we need so 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 amount. We need we are doing this project. And Elon Musk commented on that post and said, Wow, this looks fun. And his friend said, his friend, Mr. B's friend said, wow, okay, you should invest in it. And he dropped some amounts. You know that kind of influence. When he drops, everybody will follow you. You will start dropping. That was the kind of influence Esther had. Instead of writing letters to kingdoms, this king controls the kingdoms. Let me tell you what to do. She was strategic. Then Esther was purified. She had purity. This point is because the king asked for ten virgins. And in this contest, purity is like is because the topic you're actually discussing now is like kingdom influence. Now there are things that purity can get you. The king didn't ask for a 20-year-old misunderstood woman. He asked for a young, untouched person. And after that, there was actually a process of another purification. 12 months with oil, just because of what? You want to meet the king. That is process. So I do said you don't just jump up and say I want to be influential. There were some times to me because it's influence actually relates to actually um how should I say it's like it's like it's like it's like a child, it's like something you want to grow up. You don't actually just wake up and say you want to go a certain amount of money except you win lotto. Influence is a thing you can get it through that. You can get influence through you just like I've seen we've seen people that just wake up, they just post the video that you do what is this? And yet they got it. But what most of them they don't last. So there's a kind of influence you're talking about it an influence because Esther lasted after Esther actually left her position. The next thing was Mordecai because it was written there that that kind of influence to actually put your kind in position for power after you left again. That was the kind of influence Esther had. Yes, process. After that, then she had like mind. Because when she wanted to go and speak to the king, she didn't just tell drunk men, please pray for me. She went to those that brought her there. Pray and fast. If I perish, 
I perish when I'm going to meet the king. And she had the right mentorship. So it was, that is like six or seven points. She had the right mentor. Mordecai was able to mentor her in such a way that the power didn't get to her head because at some point she never, she did not even know what kind of influence she held. It was until Mordecai told her that what if this kind of influence was actually for you to help save the people? And we can see that kind of, we've talked about mentorship, the last part, and we'll talk about strategy and the church strategies that I talked about Justin Bieber for an example. How he was able to divert struggle before he came back again. I don't know. <laughs> There's something, the right mentorship brings you preservation to an extent. Because at the end of the day, it will still be on you. Because the mentor will not be with you every time. So she had the mentorship. She had, she had beauty. She had character. And yes. Oh, can I? The Esther's accomplishments. She saved her people. She prevented a creep that was meant for her husband. She accomplished a lot of things. And that sums everything else I'm saying up. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. So, so it's a very short Before you say what you <coughs> the use of words. That, that one is very That's my own personal um, the power of Um, so my point is this, it's, it's more like a prophecy and an encouragement. And I noticed the transition, um, in the, in the whole, um, presentation from Daniel to Esther. And I noticed that, um, during the presentation of Daniel, it was said that those guys were taking early, which was one of the advantages that they had. And we actually do not have those luxury. That's luxury rather. But that vasty spaces will open up. Vasty spaces will open up. A, a, one of the, one of the funny initial examples that we have now is what is going on in this country. But vasty spaces will open up. And I just want to encourage us that we should prepare for those moments. 
Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. So I'm going to I don't know which of the things that you said that you've picked as your own personal project to work on. I love I love what he said that some she influenced the thing that could influence everyone else. That was that was so powerful. That was so powerful. That was so powerful. That's what brought my idea of is there a difference between influence and popularity? Because you can be popular but you might not be able to change what people do. Right? But you might know people. Well, I believe that everything moves down to our relationships. Please, as much as it is required, be careful of the kind of relationships that you have. Build quality relationships. Quality relationships. Maintain quality relationships. They are very important as we grow and as we rise. So we're going to bow our heads and then I'm just going to bring them in. I don't know what you picked from what they said, but I found my own. Let us pray to Jesus in a few minutes and say, Lord, this is the project I'm working on. Help me. Help me. We're doing this all for the sake of the gospel. The goal is to be able to create the strategies required for us to be able to advance the gospel in our generation. Lord, help me to maintain quality relationships. I'm very quick to throw people out of my life. I'm very quick to say, he's not saying what I like. Or am I even a parasitic friend? The Bible says that he that wants a friend should show himself friendly. What about my life is throwing away quality, important relationships? Help me to be able to use my words rightly. Help me to be able to use my words rightly. Help me to be valuable. In my own context, help me, Holy Spirit. Help me to be wise. Help me. Esther found somebody that could tell her what the king likes. Teach me Holy Spirit. Teach me Holy Spirit. Teach me Holy Spirit. Teach me Holy Spirit. Help me to keep the right company. A company that can be served in the days of weakness. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can we bring our feet very quickly? Scripture says that for ye are the salt of the world. If that salt loses its savour, then it's thrown away. That shows the importance of what we are talking about. We were created to be change makers. We have something in us uh, that we must not, we can't afford to lose our essence. But this day over my you know, there's, there's an essence that we would not lose. Can you just raise your voice in the next few minutes? Pray to God to help you preserve your essence.
Can you pray to God to help you preserve your essence? And you will not lose your saltiness. In the name of Jesus. Can you spend the next few minutes? Jesus, mighty name we pray. Can we raise our turns towards heaven? And can we decline to our week? Can we speak the word of life? Can we bless Monday? Can we bless Tuesday? Can we bless Wednesday? Can we make proclamations over Thursday? Can we speak to Friday? Can we command Saturday? And as we come back together on Sunday, can we make known our request unto God? Can we pray for the man that Jesus used to bless us today? Can we pray for Emmanuel, Minister Emmanuel? Can we pray for every team? Can we pray for every build member? Can we pray for those following online? Can we pray for those at home? Can we bless them with blessings from above? For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, I decree in the name of Jesus over everybody here and those listening online. This is in the name of Jesus. We would rise. We would expand. We would mount up. Our yokes are broken. We are a champion. We are a victor. In the name of Jesus. Over everybody here we would grow. And work strong in spirit. The hand of the Lord is upon us. We are fat and flourishing. Our strength is renewed. We move past challenges. Our coast is enlarged. The Lord anoint our head. In the name of Jesus. Our head is exalted. Like the oil of Acorn. The hand of the Lord is upon us. We receive wisdom. We receive knowledge. We receive understanding. We will seek the breast of kings. In the name of Jesus. I decree over you that we're in, as, as, as you go into this week, where so the sole of your footstep upon the Lord will take for you. You will, you will receive favor before God, favor with men on every account in the name of Jesus. Thank you Lord because you are God. For in Jesus' name we pray. Can we share the grace together? One, two, go. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. We shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Shalom. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. The Word of God is a seed that brings radical transformation, and we believe you have been transformed by the Word you just received. 
Follow us live on our MixLR and download our messages on our Telegram channel. The number to call for partnerships and inquiries is 0811 414 7940.